Welcome to the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, where small business entrepreneurs come to discover the strategies, systems, and tools to kick their marketing into high gear. If you want to go from surviving small business owner to thriving entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get ready to roll. All right. Welcome, everybody. This is Eli Delaney with Your Marketing University and the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, where I bring in cool people that I meet from throughout the world to talk about marketing stuff. Because quite simply, when it comes to marketing, so many entrepreneurs, so many business owners get stuck because they've been taught that it has to be scary and complicated and expensive. And I've actually had people even come to me and say, I think marketing is like black magic and voodoo before. And my goal is to help eliminate that and teach you the things that you can get out there and you can do on your own actionable items that are very easy, very inexpensive, most of them free as a matter of fact. And so part of my conversation is with people who are experts in various different areas. And today I have Mike Sheila. He is from Mike Sheila Consulting. And he began in 2011 teaching LinkedIn seminars around the state of Maryland. Now he's launched his company. He's helping other entrepreneurs use the power of LinkedIn to grow their business. The cool thing about this is the fact that so many people have a LinkedIn account and have absolutely no clue how to use it. So Mike, it is so cool to have you on the show. Thank you, Eli, for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, definitely. That's my goal is to have fun and show people that this doesn't have to be scary because let's face it, LinkedIn is like the wicked stepchild of the social media world. Everybody's got an account, but nobody (laughs) pays any attention to it. And so I know that even I know and I use it and I get clients from it. I don't use it to even a tenth of the power that I should. And so... Let's talk about that. What is it, you know, really, what is LinkedIn? What is it actually good for? That's a question that I don't know we can answer in 30 minutes. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, try, I'll try to sum it up. What I've really used it for over the last 10 years is a fantastic resource to not only find customers, but to find leverage points to gain customers. And what I mean by that is, A lot of the information that you can find on LinkedIn, you can find using Google, Google Analytics. I had a guest in an audience for a speaking presentation I did a couple weeks ago. He was a small business owner here in Maryland, very successful. And I was talking through all the different points of LinkedIn. He said, well, Mike, most of the stuff you just described, I can do with Google Analytics. What does LinkedIn really give me that I don't have otherwise? And simply put, it's the power of the second-degree connection. And I'll explain that briefly, Eli. You and I are connected on LinkedIn. You are a first-degree connection. Uh And what that means is all the people that you are connected to, that I am not, those are now opportunities for me to leverage my relationship with you. And put simply, you've had me on your show today as a guest. And let's say this podcast blows up and it's the most successful one you've ever done. And you get all kinds of accolades from this. You're going to be grateful to me for that. And because of that, there, there could come a day where one of your connections could be a valuable customer to me. And when I come across them and say, hey, Eli, would you mind introducing me to Bob Smith? You're going to say, yeah, sure, Mike. I'm happy to do it. And that really is the core value 
of LinkedIn. And I, I just used this very principle last week. I, I was telling you off air before we started recording that I have a day job. I'm a technology salesman. And my primary, I have a specific vertical. I, I work with higher education from Dover, Delaware to Richmond, Virginia. That is my territory. Mm-hmm. And it's a limited territory. I have so many schools in there. Now, it's, it's a good bunch. It'll take me a while to get through them all. But I never want to waste an opportunity. I don't want to annoy a key decision maker that it becomes impossible for me to get into a business discussion with that university. And I had a school on my radar that I had no good connections to, but I found out that I had five mutual connections to the vice president of the school. And I reached out to a handful of my connections and said, hey, would you mind making an introduction for me? And one of my friends got back to me and said, I don't really know him. We just connected on LinkedIn. I hear that all the time mm-hmm. when I ask people for introductions. Hey, would you mind introducing me to Alan? Well, I don't really know Alan. Well, you know Alan better than I do because <laughs> you're connected to him. Right. Please introduce me. And some people say no. This time, my friend Gloria said yes. And the, the I kid you not, the introduction she said was, Hi, Bob. Meet Mike. Mike, meet Bob. And <laughs> Short, sweet, I, and to I, the point. Short, sweet, and to the point. And I followed up, Gloria, thank you for the kind introduction. Bob, would you have 15 minutes to talk with me on the telephone on Monday? And he got back almost immediately said, sure, here's my phone number. Call me at 1030. And as a, as a business professional, as a salesperson, as a solo entrepreneur or solopreneur, that's all you want. You, you want an expected audience because the days of buying a call list and dialing for dollars, they're all but dead. Right. It's That is so counterintuitive to the 80-20 principle where if, if you want to spend 80% of your time getting 20% of your business, fine. I'd rather spend 20% of my time getting 80% of my business. Well, and that's that's really important to think about here because you were just talking about the fact that the day of the dialing for dollars is dead, and I I couldn't agree more. I mean, I am not a fan of the phone. I'm not the fan of cold calling. So so many people out there can't stand it, and it and it freaks them out. And especially as business owners, sometimes we think that that's something we're supposed to do or that we have to do, but we we don't do it because we we just literally hate doing it. And this is what eliminates that entire possibility because then you use social media as the tool and use LinkedIn being the great way to do this and probably the best platform out of all of them to just do that basic introduction to where you say, hey, you know what, Bob, I I see that you know Jane over here. Would you be willing to introduce me to Jane? And it's, it's common practice. It's actually completely acceptable to do that on the LinkedIn platform, which makes it very, very easy to do. Yes. And one of the one of the advanced techniques that I recommend to people is if you go through that process and it doesn't work. This this one person I had mentioned, I had five mutual contacts with him. I sent two of them messages. Two of them responded. One got me in the door. That's all I need. Let's say that didn't happen. Those other three people hadn't gotten back to me. Let's say the first two just wouldn't help me. 
your next step, the three days they can get back to you, you give them a call. You pick up the phone and say, hey, Mary, I know it's been a long time since we talked, but I was looking on LinkedIn the other day, and I found Bob Smith's profile, and LinkedIn says you're connected to him. How well do you know Bob? What would you suggest as far as the best way for me to approach him? I wanted to have a conversation with him. I didn't just want to call him out of the blue. I wanted to make it as relevant as possible. What do you think is a good way for me to approach him? And then let the other person talk. Because what you may discover is they actually know the person quite well. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, your request got mixed in with 60 other emails that they had gotten that day. And they didn't have a chance to respond. Or they were thinking about responding, but as is so common with the typical business person today, we go down the rabbit hole, we get attracted by shiny things, and we forget what we were working on. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, like, I, I have could... one of those sitting in my email, in my inbox right now, the one I just could, I got busy, didn't got to get a chance to respond to yet. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with just taking that next professional, proactive step and saying, hey, Mary, I see you're connected to Bob. What can you tell me about him? Because you do enough of those, and you're going to consistently get at least one person that says, Bob was my roommate in high school. Bob was my, or college. Bob was my best friend in high school. Bob and I volunteered on this organization. Bob's my brother-in-law. He's my cousin. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten follow-ups like that. And I get a nice introduction from that person. And the, the person I wanted to talk to almost always says, look, I don't normally take calls like this, but, but because you knew Mary, I'll talk to you. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think you can help me. And I, I waited eighty percent of the time when people tell me those very words. Mm-hmm. Not because I'm a miraculous salesman. Sure, I, I spend a lot of time studying sales, but it's because I'm getting in the right way. When, when you come in as a referral from a trusted friend or partner, the defenses are down, and you can have a business conversation instead of trying to build your credibility. When you don't have to build your credibility, when it's already there. The selling process is much easier because it's a much more genuine and authentic business conversation with the potential client. Right. Now, then that makes total sense. And, and it's funny because the, everything you're talking about is, is the stuff that I teach on a regular basis on a bigger, on a big scale of everything, but it's, it's really simple. It's like, no, you don't want to, you don't want to walk in the door being the annoying sales guy. You walk in the door as the referral. Because you had a problem and somebody said, I know the guy that can help fix that problem. You know, and now all of a sudden it changes the entire dynamic from being an annoying pest to the welcome guest, which is a, it's a Dan Kennedy quote. You know, you want to get away from being the annoying pest. Yeah. Well, give it, give credit to Dan Kennedy. He's the guy who actually, I at least heard that from originally. And it's cool because, you know, LinkedIn, you know, I don't use it near as much as I should. And I know, you know, as I, as I talk to people like yourself who are the experts with LinkedIn, I find, okay, I really need to spend more time in here because when I do spend time, I get connections from all kinds of great people across the world. I actually had somebody who they posted an article or actually somebody I think, um, shared their article in a group that I'm in and I commented on it. And the author of that, that article, actually reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, Hey, thank you so much for the comments. I really appreciate that. I see that you've got a lot of connections and you've got a lot of recommendations on LinkedIn. You must be a happening guy. I would love to chat with you. 
And I was like, okay, cool. And I ended up having a conversation with him. And this guy's in Sydney, Australia. And he and I had an amazing connection. And I was able to connect him with a friend of mine who is also a client. And they're doing business together. Yeah, that, that's, that's the synergy that we are looking for when we go through this process. It really is. Very cool. So, so let's talk about, I, I mentioned groups. So let's talk about what do you think of groups? How, what's the best way to, to utilize them? Cause I find that that's one of my best, that one of the features that I like the most out of it. I love groups for several reasons on a very pragmatic level. It gives you the, the ability to directly contact people that you're not a first degree connection with. Meaning if I want to right now, I can send you a message through LinkedIn because we're connected. Mm-hmm. If I want to send a message to one of your second degree contacts, I have a couple ways I can do that. I can either use InMail, which is a paid service that comes with a paid account with LinkedIn, or if I share a group with that person, I'm allowed to directly message up to 15 people every month that I share a group with. The more groups you join, the greater the likelihood that you share a group with someone and it makes it easier for you to get in contact with them. Mm-hmm. And this is a method that I use when the first scenario we talked about didn't work. I had a mutual connection and it didn't pan out. I couldn't find somebody that was willing to introduce me, which happens. Or it's a third degree connection. I, just, I have no I have no mutual connection with this person, but they're the right person for me to talk to. I, but I share a group with them, or I share two or three groups with them. Right. Those groups often reflect interests. They can be personal, they can be professional, they can be both. They can be alumni for your college, they can be alumni for a fraternity or sorority, and those are some of the most powerful bonds out there. I went the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, also known as UMBC. Now, to many of the people listening to the show, you may not have heard of UMBC, but in the Mid-Atlantic area, UMBC is regarded as one of the premier technology schools in the country, mm-hmm. which I think is fascinating because when I went there, I went there with a liberal arts degree in English Lit. And you know, people here, people around here here, I'm a UMBC grad, and they're like, Oh, wow. Hey, don't be impressed. It wasn't nearly that cool of school when I went there. (laughs) It's done a lot of great things in the last 20 years. Right. But we have a tremendous alumni base. And I've gotten many meetings with people just by sending them an email and my subject line being, go retrievers, our mascots, the retrievers. Right. But it, it opens the door. Right. You know, that it's really funny because that commonality is a thing that always stands out and makes such a difference. And people tend to kind of blow it off like it's not, like it really isn't important. And we forget that actually they are very it's important to people. the most powerful tool you have. Yeah. And I always use the example of, say, you know, if, if somebody is an animal person in general, more specifically a dog guy or dog girl, then Mm -hmm. that's a huge connection with me there. My animals are a big part of my family. And it's funny because I talk about them and they're a very important part of my family. And I found that over time I'm attracted to those type of people. And those are the type of people that are attracted to me. And those become my best clients. I find uh, we have more in common. We can just chat and we can have conversations about what the puppies are doing and that kind of stuff. And they're the ones that appreciate what I do 
way more than a lot of other people do. And it's as simple as that. It's as simple as maybe you're a Comic-Con nerd or maybe you like, um, you know, a certain band or a certain type of music, you know, I've had some of my best clients were also musicians. Well, I come from the rock and roll world before I got into all of this stuff. And so that commonality, as simple as it may be, could be a huge door opener for you. And like you mentioned, a fraternity or a sorority, that's huge. Or just an alumni of that of a college is huge. I can't count the number of people. They'll do business. Like we're here, we have the beavers and the ducks and because we're uh-huh. in Port- Portland, Oregon. That's quite a rivalry, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. And they and that can be the deciding factor if somebody's going to do business with you or not. <laughs> and so, you know, there's a lot of times where you can you can tell who's going to do business with who. If two people are standing there and one's wearing green and the other one's wearing orange, we know who who's going to get the sale that day, you know, just because <laughs> of who's talking, right? And, and those are the kind of things that make us stand out because guess what? Our prospects, we become our customers, our clients. They want somebody who they can relate to. And so that's what this type of stuff we're talking about here. And I think it's so powerful to, to make that impact. Yeah, that, that really is one of the biggest power of joining the groups because you can join groups for you can join based on geography, alumni status, hobbies, professional interests, personal interests. It's it's incredibly diverse. Back, I was going through your profile before we got online here, and I found three or four groups that I wouldn't want to join. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Not and a problem. The the next great value to groups is this is a bit more of an advanced technique that I share with people, but it's about being a thought leader and positioning yourself as a thought leader. I enjoy writing and I use the LinkedIn Pulse blog on a pretty regular basis. And regardless of whether or not you use the Pulse blog, the next step you could take is that when you share content with a group, you share your blog or you just share an interesting article that you read and you frame it as hey, I just read this, or hey, I just wrote this. How has this, the purpose of this article, impacted you or your business? How did you work with this situation? Did you have a great result? Did you have a terrible result? I want to get your feedback. I want to hear what your thoughts are. When you share that with a group and you intentionally join groups that have 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 members, Mm-hmm. You're now positioning yourself in front of thousands of people as someone that's like-minded to them. And you're asking engaging questions, sharing intelligent content that provokes thought and conversation. And you're going to have people that respond. You know, you're gonna, there's always the knucklehead factor. There's always one bad egg, bad egg out there. Mm-hmm. But you can get into these fantastic professional conversations. And at the end of it, the people look at you and go, wow, this guy really knows what he's talking about. I want to do business with him. It just happens that I need X, Y, Z, and I looked at his profile, and he provides X, Y. Right. Well, and you just said something very – I think that the people need to stop and pay attention to what you just said because the, you just gave them a strategy that is super simple to do, 
yet can be intensely powerful, which is, is sharing a piece of content, a article on, you know, how to use XYZ or whatever that has nothing mm-hmm. to do with you necessarily, but maybe it's a business to business tip in general or whatever. Yeah. But something that the masses would understand, get value on. It does not have to be yours. As a matter of fact, it's even better if it's not. And then say, here's a great article. I've tried step number three. You know, maybe it's a top 10 list. And I tried number three and here's the results I got. What have you tried? And it inca- it gets that conversation and that engagement going. That is huge. And the funny thing is that if you look at it, there's no selling, there's no pressure. There's It's all just a matter of adding value and creating engagement, which then is going to make you a more memorable person to anybody else who reads that post. Yeah, and it's, as you said, it's very easy to do. Every day, there's tons of content. If you look at your home screen, it's a variable news headline. All these other people are sharing content that you're connected to. Why not take one of those and project it out there and see what kind of feedback you get back from the groups? Right. Very cool. Now, let's say somebody's just starting out here and they know they've got a LinkedIn account because we all have had our LinkedIn accounts and many people have had them for 10 years, just as, such as yourself, and have done absolutely nothing with them. So let's talk about that. You've got that account. You haven't done anything with it. Now it's time to start changing it and becoming a rock star on LinkedIn like you are now. But, you know, we've had that account for 10 years and, you know, don't even remember the password at this juncture. So let's change that and say, okay, if I were to start going and doing something actionable right now, what would that be? The first thing you want to do is you want to spend about two hours giving your profile a nice overhaul. You want to make sure you have a professional headshot. You want to make sure that you have the right keywords. You want to minimize the buzzwords. You want to make sure you have all the sections in your profile that need to be there. One of the biggest things that people seem to miss, and it surprises me, is there's an advice for contact section that you can add to your profile. And I see either people don't have it or in the advice for contact section, they write, feel free to contact me by email. Well, that's great. What's your email? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, re- I recommend create an email account just for LinkedIn. I, I use a Yahoo account. When you look at mine, it says Mike Shield at Yahoo.com. Nice okay. and simple. Mm-hmm. And I have a phone number on there. Now, on that one is my personal cell phone, meaning you call it. It's going to ring the device I'm talking to you on right now. If you're not comfortable with that, a great workaround is to sign up for a Google Voice number. You right. can pair it with your cell phone, and you can set the hours that you want it active, or you can turn it on and off as you see fit. And that way, it's not as intrusive, and people don't know your real number. Mm-hmm. if you want to give yourself that level of privacy. But right. use advice for contact. Make yourself easy to find. Because here's the thing that most people miss about LinkedIn. The more you put into your profile, the more LinkedIn will move you up the search rankings. Simply put, if somebody is looking to have a service fulfilled and you and I provide the same service, my profile will show up higher than yours because I've put more work into all the details of my profile. 
Right, and that makes that makes sense. It's it's just like content on a website. It's the same basic concept of yes. you've got to have good content. You have to have keywords and you have to have words. Simply put, I mean, you get that's the funny thing. I see people who've got their LinkedIn profile and it's very bare and doesn't really have any content. They can't figure yeah. out why nobody nobody knows who they are. Nobody engages with them, and it's because well, LinkedIn doesn't think you know anything. You know. And you mentioned something on here that I want to talk about for just a minute is a great headshot because this is one, and we see this on all the social profiles, but LinkedIn still, for some reason, seems to be the worst out of them where people don't even put a headshot up there. And if they do, it's it's kind of an oddball, really dark picture that you know looks like it was scanned in from a picture from you know nineteen seventy eight or something. And or, yeah, well, go ahead. Or worse, it's it's them with their spouse, it's them with their kids, it's them with their dog, it's mm-hmm. them leaning on their car. You know, they got a sombrero on. They're drinking a beer. Right, and that and that it's is all just fine if you're on Facebook, <laughs> but don't do that on LinkedIn. Right, and and the funny thing is that there are I see that a lot because people think of LinkedIn just like Facebook, where it is they think it's personal. Where Facebook, you can get away with something that's a little bit more on the personal side. Uh, where, but LinkedIn, not so much. Now, I do want to add something to that too. Is I have found a great example of a situation where. A person with their dog is a great picture if they're a groomer or a pet trainer or something like that. You know, something I'll like that. that. Might, yes. Yeah, that one would there, make there, sense. There are exceptions to every rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in I, most I situations, saw, I totally understand not doing it. I saw a profile earlier today of a woman in a bikini, and my first reaction was, oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and when I looked at her profile, she's a professional model. Okay, mm-hmm. Yeah, and if she's a professional model, maybe not the best picture choice, but at least okay, you're a model. I I I get it. That that makes sense. (laughs) Right. Well, and it's like it's no different than a lot of us are networkers. I know you are, and that's that's networking is like the basis of everything that I do. And it's funny because I see people go to networking events dressed in Bahama shorts and a flip flop, and it's and flip flops, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know are you really in business? Are you really a professional? And I totally, I'm cool with the whole casual day thing, but come on. I have found that that, if you want to get respect out of it, you better be a travel agent if you're dressed like that. Yeah. <laughs> so or, or, or selling beach resorts. Or <laughs> exactly. You know, if it fits something like that, right. Yeah. If it fits your industry, that makes sense. But for everybody else, you know, you got to step it up a little bit. And so that that great headshot, I know, makes a big difference. And so what are some of the things to think about? We've talked about what not to say or what not to do in a headshot. What would you say makes a good headshot? My personal preference is a clear close-up of you wearing professional attire with a neutral background. And I've seen, like, I think you have, like, forest behind you, you, you have a nice, clean close-up, so if I ever met you, I could look at the picture and recognize it's you. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really the key. The other key is make sure you update it every three to five years. Or if you have something significant, and I, I can use myself as a personal example. Last year, I had my headshots professionally redone. It had been about six years since I'd had it done. And... I went on a very aggressive weight loss program and I lost 60 pounds. Wow. Congratulations. And 
thank you. So I had to have my pictures retaken mm-hmm. because the, the fat mic didn't look like the thinner mic. <laughs> right, right. That makes sense. And, and that's, that's yeah, yeah, and I've seen that before where somebody's got the same picture that, that doesn't fit. And that's a great example, too, is if you're if you look different, then definitely you want to. And in your situation, obviously you're going to look better. So that would be a good motivation to make sure that that gets updated. Yes. You want, you want it to be timely. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. So what else is, you know, what are some of the other things that we're, we're missing on our LinkedIn profiles other than just the getting in there and doing stuff? I mean, let's talk about posting for a second. What kind of stuff should we post and how often do we need to be in there? Good rule of thumb is to have once a day, sharing, sharing content at least once a day. And what I try to do, I, I try to promote my friends. Like when my friends post a post blog or they share an update about something great that they've done, I, I know a lot of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And when I can share what they're doing and frame it in a positive light, I have a friend that's a financial advisor and I share his content on a pretty regular basis. I say, hey, check out Josh's content. Look what he wrote today. Because that gets conversations going. And in my case, I've been on a podcast roadshow now for the last six months. I've been doing about a show a week. And I push that out and I promote the the podcaster and I'm I'm distributing that across all my social media. And then again, I ask people a question, you know, let me know what your favorite tip was from tonight's show. Mm -hmm. What's something you want me to talk about on the next show? And that again, it, it starts that conversation, it starts that engagement. And you do that with share and update. I mentioned the Pulse blogs earlier. If you're a writer like me and you're comfortable with that, great. Here's a quick hack in case you're not really comfortable with writing. Monday through Thursday, you share great industry content. Once a day, found this article on this, found this article on this. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. On Friday, you do a post blog where you summarize your four favorite articles of the week. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so- that way, again, and you put the links for each one. So you're doing a digest of your week's activity, basically. But by putting it out on Pulse, you have the ability to hypertag it with three different hypertags. It'll help it fall into different Pulse columns and help the Pulse audiences that read those columns find you. Very cool. That right there is worth all of our time together. We've had, you've shared a ton of great stuff, but I would say that for everybody listening, go do that right there. I'm going to start doing that because that is such a powerful, easy to do strategy that you can implement without even trying hard. I mean, literally... Go find some basic content that's in your industry that's good content, good information. Go to Google and find two or three blogs that post good stuff. You know, I mean, I do that on a regular basis as it is. I share stuff from entrepreneur.com, Success Magazine, uh, Mashable, yep. things like that. And, uh, you know, my, like I said earlier, my, my topic primarily is around the networking world. So I'll share articles related to networking a lot. Now, just taking that and then going into, the Pulse blog, which is basically, it's just a spot within 
LinkedIn to where it's almost like you have your own blog right within the LinkedIn framework as opposed to your own site and literally just write up a summary of you know, the, the previous four posts that you shared, what was your number one tip off of each one of them, something like that. And that would be very fast and easy for somebody to implement. So thank you so much, because that is an awesome, awesome strategy that, like I said, I'm going to be implementing it. And I think everybody on this call should. Thank you. And one little advanced tip that you can do with the Pulse blog, for those that do like writing and those that are, are bloggers, you still keep writing the content on your blog with the pulse blog. You take the first half of the article, you post it there. And then right below that want to read more and you post the link that takes them right to your website. That way you're driving traffic to your website. Okay. Very cool. I love that. Great. See, these are the kind of things we're talking about because we just covered basic conversation having you know reaching out to somebody and saying hey i see that you're friends with bob over here would you give me an introduction and starting a conversation which you know pretty much every sale in the world is based on some form of conversation then we moved into groups which is a great way to connect with people that you wouldn't have already met then sharing these bits and pieces of content you can share them to the groups you share them to your basic profile and now you've got the content strategy to make it all fit together so this has been awesome. This is great stuff. And for somebody, because I know, I would say easily 80% of the people listening right here probably are not using LinkedIn near as much as they should. If you were to follow mm -hmm. these steps alone, you would easily increase your your profile views and increase your exposure in the LinkedIn network by probably two or 300% just by following these steps. We're talking about 15 or 20 minutes of work a day. Not, it's 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 not heavy lifting. Right. Awesome. I love this stuff. This was great stuff. Um, we're going to go ahead and start wrapping things up here. So a couple of last questions. One for you is, I know you've already given a ton of stuff, so this one may be a little bit hard, but if there is one thing that you haven't already talked about that people should do to get out there and take action, like immediately after listening to this interview, what would that be? First thing they want to do is right under their name, under their profile, by default, LinkedIn puts in the job title from your most recent job. You have 120 characters there. You want to fill that with relevant keywords that your customers would search to find you. Come up with a list of about 20 words and then play around with them and get as many as you can into that 120 character space. Very good. Very, very simple, easy to do thing that they can literally do in just a couple of minutes after listening to this. So, Mike, this has been so much fun. You've shared a lot of great information. Uh, how can people get a hold of you? Because I know, obviously, they're going to want to connect with you in the LinkedIn world, but where else can they get a hold of you as well? I am very Googleable. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could find me on Twitter, at Mike Sheila. You can find me on Instagram, at Mike Sheila. You will find me on Facebook, Mike Sheila Consulting. And, of course, I have my website, which is www dot mike sheila dot com which is m-i-k-e-s-h-e-l-a-h and for the listeners tonight two things first anybody listening can go to my website and they can sign up for a free three-page profile review where i will personally walk through their report their profile and i'll give them best practices i have 12 points that i review on how to make their profile better 
And then they also get my five best tips and tricks, many of which we didn't talk about tonight. And for people that want to take that next step, I offer one-on-one consulting services for $250 for a 90-minute session. But for your listeners, we have a nice special. The first 10 people that connect with me and say, I heard you on Eli's show, they get that 90-minute session for $125. They get half off. All right. Awesome. Well, we will definitely put that in the show notes as well. Um, So when you do contact Mike, be sure to mention driving your marketing or Eli, one of the two. I'm sure there's not a whole lot of Eli's that interview you, so you're probably going to know who I am. I will know which Eli you're talking about. (laughs) Definitely. So check out Mike's website. We're going to put everything in the show notes. I hope you got some great, great value with this. I know that there was a ton of value here. So get out of here. Take action on this stuff. We're talking about literally 20 minutes a day, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be every day, but just get out there and start making that difference because I know even the the – little that I do on LinkedIn gets me results. Matter of fact, I've got a client that I'm working on right now that originally we were found each other from LinkedIn. We were, we found one, one person I found on LinkedIn that led to me speaking at an event. She has now reached out to me just a couple of weeks ago, which then she has partnered with somebody else. And that person has now become a client of ours for a pretty good sized project that we're working on. And it's all because of an original connection on LinkedIn just saying, hey, by the way, um, let's let's chat. And that's all it was started with. And so you never know what's going to happen. But just by spending this little bit of time, it makes a huge, huge difference. So Mike, thank you so much for everything you shared today. I really appreciate this. I know everybody listening does. For um, For you guys listening in, do us a favor and go to iTunes and just pop in a little review on this. What did you take out of this? And what was the action steps you took out? Because I'd love to see that kind of stuff as well. I'd love to hear your thoughts, your ideas, your feedback, and what you're actually doing with the stuff that you learned today. And then, Mike, you know, thank you again for being on the call. I really appreciate it. If there's anything that I can do to help you out, just reach out and let me know anytime. Thank you, Eli. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. And thank you to everybody listening. Get out there. Have an amazing rock star week. And we'll listen to you on the next call. Take care. Hey there, this is Eli again. And I got a question for you. Do you have a roadmap for marketing your business? If you're consistently looking for new marketing ideas just to keep your business going, then you need to check out smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com and download the free special report that I created to help you create a marketing plan that will thrive in any economy. Again, that's smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com. Go get it, read it, and start the road trip of your lifetime. See you on the other side.